Is righteousness a punishment? We all know that we shouldn't think it is. We all know that we should say that we don't believe it is. But what do our actions suggest? If you were to look back on the way that you've lived, would it suggest to you that deep down you believe that morality is a punishment? Why do we think this way? Why do we live this way? And what does it say about our view of God? Today I'm going to get into a really interesting piece by C.S. Lewis about the specific pleasure of the inferior. Recently on a YouTube comment, I made the observation that consistent atheism is nihilism. That if you follow atheism to its consistent logical end, that you will end in nihilism. You will end in the belief that nothing means anything. And I'm going to read a few responses to you. This person said, So what? Depending on your definition of nihilism, I see no problem with it. I describe myself as an optimistic nihilist. I don't see any evidence that there is an externally driven meaning to my life or anyone else's. I do, however, believe that we can live a happy and fulfilled life by determining our own meaning. Nihilism does not mean that that we don't have to care or that we should just burn the whole thing down. Yes, it does mean that. Nihilism does mean that you don't have to care. There are so many contradictions in this statement. First of all, being an optimistic nihilist is like being a black-white supremacist. It doesn't hold. But this is why people say this. This is why people live this way, young people especially. Nihilism does not hold you accountable to anything. It is very convenient in many ways. It plays right into our cynicism, but more than that, it plays into our desire to be God. I describe myself as an optimistic nihilist. There is no such thing. To the extent you are a nihilist, you are not optimistic. And to the extent you are optimistic, you are not a nihilist. Consistent nihilism is unlivable. If you genuinely believe that your life means nothing, that life in general means nothing, then it is very hard to go to work. It's very hard to do anything. So because it is unlivable, because it is self-contradicting, people add things on. If you have to go outside of your system of values to not kill yourself, you might need a new system of values. But think about how even though it is a completely bleak view of life, the idea that life has no meaning, but that we should just make some to distract ourselves on this long trip to nowhere. That deep underneath that is a desire to not be accountable, to be God. And we would trade anything to be given that control. On the other end of the spectrum is this piece from The Weight of Glory. Quote, What I had mistaken for humility all these years prevented me from understanding that what is in fact the humblest, most childlike, most creaturely of pleasures is the specific pleasure of being inferior. 
the pleasure a child has before its father, that a creature has before its creator. I am not forgetting how horribly this innocent desire is parodied in our human ambition, or how very quickly it becomes corrupted. But for a very short moment, now this is extremely interesting to me, I could detect a moment, a very, very short moment, before this happened, during which the satisfaction of having pleased those who I rightly loved and wanted to please was pure. And that is enough to raise our thoughts to what may happen when the redeemed soul, beyond all hope and nearly beyond belief, learns that at last she has pleased him whom she was created to please. There will be no room for vanity then. She will be free from the miserable illusion that it is her doing. This is a really moving piece. The idea that when you're praised, that in a split second, when I am praised, it turns into this weird thing of self-evaluation, of evaluating my performance. Why did it work this time? Why did they like it this time? How do I make sure they like it next time? Why didn't they like it last time? How can I make sure that they keep liking it before any of those thoughts come? There's a split second when you have pleased someone that is innocent, that is void of status, that is void of self-awareness. That moment before self-awareness kicks in, that hint of pleasure at having pleased someone you love, that that is the goodness, that that is the joy of walking with God. But that we would give away that joy, we would give away all joy to have control instead. These are things I've said many times before, but they're things I keep needing to hear. That is happiness, to be dissolved into something complete. Willa Cather. I love you guys. One final thing, I wrote an article recently about fame. I tried to hit both sides of it, so I tried to uh, talk about where it is, uh, you know, where it falls short and why it is not necessarily the thing that is going to bring your life meaning. And then I flipped it and went the other way and talked about the value of fame, why fame can be a tool that gets us um, closer to the things that are beautiful, that are good, that are meaningful in life, that it is a thing which pulls us out of ourself uh, as big as we need these big ideals to overcome our own laziness and our own fear. Um, I'm going to put a link down in the description to that article. That's my second article, and uh, and I'm proud just to you know to have it written. But, anyways, I hope this has blessed you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with you soon.